Welcome to our channel. As you take time to listen to God's word today, we believe that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family. Psalm chapter 16 verse 8 verse 9 and verse 11 it'll come on the screen it's what I'm gonna preach from this morning and I'm gonna I think we're gonna read this together this is not it the next slide please that's it Psalm 16 verse 8 9 and verse 11 can we read together yes. one two three go I know the Lord oh stop please stop please stop read it like you mean it right okay let's try it one more time read it like you mean it right it's this is God's word right this is not newspaper oh it's depressing no this is God's word this is the living word of God right if you can stand that will be wonderful to read the God's word right let's read together three two one go I know the Lord is always with me I will not be shaken for he God is right beside me no wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice next verse you will show me the way of life granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever and ever everybody put your hands together give God the glory I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose my heart is open my mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Somebody say, Amen. 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 High five someone and tell them that God's strength will be with you. 
God's strength will be with you. High five somebody and tell them, God's strength will be with you. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning on experiencing the presence of God. How many of you felt the presence of God this morning as you worship? I see many hands going up. How do you know it was the presence of God? How do you know it's the presence of God? How do you measure the presence of God? How are you so sure that it's the presence of God? Your heart is satisfied? Do you have a good feeling? Yeah? Okay. How do you know it was God's? How, so if I ask the same question on a Monday morning when you're going to work, Are you feeling the presence of God? Would you say yes? If I ask the same question to all the Hebadians and the Josephites, when they announce it's definitely offline exam. And if I ask you the question, do you feel the presence of God now? Oh, you do? Good. We have one person who is excited about offline exam. I will pray for you because everybody else are going to kill you. Are you excited at the end of the month when you see your bank account? And let's not even go to the end of the month. Let's go to the 15th of the month. Do you feel the presence of God then? You know, the, the first time when I asked the question, it was yes. Now the, the yes is going like, yes. And the more and more I ask, the yes is going to kind of drag. I want to talk to you on this title this morning. What if God is so far away? And many times we face this question. We have this in our head. Is God far away from me? What if, if God is far away from me? Because I'm doing everything that I can and, and I can't feel God. I'm praying, I'm saying everything that I can, but I can't feel God. What if God is far away from me? When I was 11, I got saved. My salvation experience is a very interesting story. Being a pastor's son, I was dragged into every possible meeting that you, need, you can go to. I mean, for heaven's sake, I was in a women's meeting <laughs> as an 11-year-old, as a 10-year-old, because my mom couldn't leave me on my own at home. So when I say I was there in every possible meeting, I was there for every possible meeting. Men's meeting, women's meeting, youth meeting, teens meeting. Couples meeting, deliverance meeting, revival meeting, no revival meeting, Holy Spirit meeting, Spirit Holy meeting, every single meeting that you could possibly come up with in church, I grew up with it. Did I have God in me in the age of 11? I thought I did because I was the pastor's son and I thought I got a free pass to go into heaven because I was the pastor's son. If I can go to all the meetings, why won't they take me to heaven when they go? I mean, you're taking me to all the meetings, right? 
and I should be going to heaven too. And I randomly ended up in this meeting and I was not a youth because at 11 you are not a youth. But this was a youth encounter, Holy Spirit filled, revival, salvation experience meeting. And I was just sitting right at the back. I was just waiting for lunchtime. And I was, everybody in the meeting was filled by the Holy Spirit. They are just receiving God. So many people crying and giving their life to Jesus. And there was one leader there who was just walking and, 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 and I don't know why he was walking in between. I don't know if he was making sure that the Holy Spirit is touching everybody. Um, I don't know if, why he was, he's, it's like as an invigilator in an exam hall. He was just walking in between everybody. And then he came to me and he said, why are you not crying? And I said, am I supposed to be crying right now? Well, my tummy is crying because I want to have lunch. Well, you are the pastor's son. God should be touching you by now. I said, well, I, I don't see any God touching me right now, but I will be touched if I was fed because I'm very hungry. Can you just send my mom? I was not a typical pastor's kid and I was not very polite when I was young. So I said that, to, so that man looked at me and he just walked away, he never came back to me. Lunchtime came, tummy full. Now the afternoon session. Again it began, round two. Those who didn't get saved properly before lunch, get saved again properly after lunch. And everybody was crying and praying and again the Holy Spirit moved and, and great things were happening. And I was sitting right at the back going, God, I have a question. Should I also be crying? And then I asked God again, like, can you just give me time to commit some sins in my life? Because I'm just 11 years old and I don't have any such huge sins that I have committed that is worth crying for so Lord I cry that you will give me some time to sin Shaban goes oh man this is our pastor oh my goodness if, if, if only I knew this and I did not have anything to cry about to confess to God I think many young people here can relate to this especially if you grew up in church Right, You are kind of walked into this emotional microwave furnace of Holy Spirit move and you just started crying because everybody was crying and then the moment you cried, somebody just laid hands on you and then they started praying for you and now you're crying more because somebody laid hands on you. <laughs> it was just that emotional roller coaster of things that is going on and, and, and I just couldn't identify which was emotions, which was presence. But in the middle of this muddled thought process of mine and ignorance of mine, one thing I asked God, I said, God, you know very well, I have stolen only two sharpness so far in my life, <laughs> which I do regret, but I don't feel like crying for it. Because one, I think it was mine in the first place. And the other one, maybe I took. But God, I want to experience you. I don't know why I said that. I said, but God, I want to experience you. The moment I said that out loud, 
And I was not sitting among the crowd. I was sitting right at the back on my own. Without me knowing, I felt the overwhelming love of God over my life. That tears started rolling out of my eyes. Not because I was a committed sinner asking for re repentance, but because of the overwhelming love of God. Are we saved from sin into love? Or are we saved from sin into just an emotional experience? The question is real. It is really, really important that we need to understand how God moves and why God moves. That was the first time ever that I felt the presence of God in my life for myself. Until that point, until that point, I watched people being filled by the presence and it was their experience and I was just a spectator but nothing was inside me. But that was the first time that I ever felt the presence of God. Since 11 till now, I wish I can say I've been a perfect human being, living sinless and blameless. No, I did not. I had the experience of receiving the presence of God and giving my life to Him and salvation came into me, but life happened, ups and downs came, teenager happened, youth life happened, verve happened, no. And so many things happened that I kept going back. I kept falling down. And there was one moment where I was also at a place saying, God, I am trying so hard, but are you near me? I am trying to reach out to you. I am trying to do better in life. I am trying to live a life that is holy and pure and righteous. But are you there? How many of you can relate to this moment? Have, has anyone else been there? We all have been there. And we have all said, God, are you near me? Are you there? If you don't always feel God's presence, let me tell you something. You're not alone in this feeling. There are so many people who are sitting here have also gone through this or going through this. The psalmist says in chapter 88 verse 13 and 14 he says I cry to you for help Lord in the morning my prayer comes before you why Lord do you reject me and why do you hide your face from me the psalmist feels the same way David has many times cried out to God when he was running for his life from enemies he was crying to God asking God why have you forgotten me Paul, before he became Paul, he was blind and God touched him and healed him. But he was wandering for many years and he felt that God was far away from him. When Jesus was on the cross, he cried, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why we don't always feel God's presence? I have brought this sermon down to three main aspects of why we don't feel God's presence all the time. 
And I want to give you three important aspects of why we do. There could be many reasons, but these are the three major reasons why we don't feel God's presence always. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one is that we have reduced God's presence to a sensational moment. The reason why we don't always feel God's presence is because we think that God's presence is equal to one sensational moment where you have this tingly feeling or this thing that God is doing and you define God's presence to just that one moment. If I defined experiencing God to just that one moment that I had when I was 11 years old and I'm asking God, God, I just want that back. I just want that back. I just want that back. And many of us have defined God's presence to that one sensational moment in our life when God is beyond a feeling. God is beyond our feeling. Jesus said in uh, John chapter 6 verse 30, so they asked, they asked Jesus, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Jesus said some people are always looking for sign. They're always looking for something tangible for God to do. And they are asking Jesus, can you do some signs so that we can believe, so that we can believe? And we come from a culture, we come from a nation where everything is debited by signs and symbols. One of the uh, country that has millions of God. Everything has a representation. Everything has a sign. Everything has a ritual. Everything has to be done in a religious way. And when Jesus came into our lives, he said, you don't need any of these external factors to experience me because I am inside you. The presence of God is not a sensational moment, but it's the presence of the one who is mighty and greater. It's not a sensational thing for us to just have a wow factor, even though that does happen and that is okay, but let us not reduce God to just one moment. Because he is beyond that. When I took baptism, I was really excited. And I thought something amazing is going to happen when I come out of the water. Right? And I, th- and I know many people have thought that. Especially if you took baptism when you were really, really young. And, and, and you, thought, you thought something, you're going to come out with wings. And you're just going to, holy. He was expecting, you know, the, the, the heavens to open. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. You're expecting a dove to come. And you found a crow. <laughs> you were expecting for some sort of sensational moment to happen. And well, when I took baptism, I, 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 was, I thought like, you know, something amazing is going to happen. I didn't feel anything. Nothing happened. I was ordained as a pastor. I, um, um, as, you, as many of you would know, that we are part of Elam Global Movement, which is in England. And 
And when I finished my studies there and, and, and three, four years back when I went for ordination, um, there were over um, 6,000 people in this big auditorium. And about 25 pastors were getting ordained in Harrogate in England. And the general superintendent, he came up to the stage and, and, and my mentor had bought me a, a new suit for my ordination and he was with me there. So I was all tip top suited up, wearing a tie. And I thought when I go up to that stage and when I am ordained, this something is gonna happen. And I was expecting for some moment of the fire from heaven to come and fall on me. And everybody was worshiping God. We were all worshiping and I'm so excited. Yes, Lord, hit me right now. I'm ready. Where is it? Come on, bring it on. I'm going to be ordained as reverend. I'm ready. Nothing happened. Are you all feeling sorry for me? Oh, pastor, sorry. Nothing happened. And the Holy Spirit whispered into my heart, into my soul. As I came off the stage and, 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 and I just went back to my seat, I looked at the certificates, that was very nice. God, you didn't do anything. And, and I heard a gentle whisper, I already did. And that's why you're up there. Anointing doesn't come from a show. It doesn't come from big burst out of, of, of praise and of, of worship and, and sound and, and lighting. It comes when God whispers into one man's heart and say, you are the one and I need you. And I need you now. And it was not a very dramatic, thunder bursting, lightning effect moment. But it was a personal invitation from a God who is also my father. Because he's my father, he doesn't have to threaten me into a sound effect, DTS filled, Atmos effect, you know, theater style. I am your God and I have chosen you, Jasper. You shall follow me. And you'll be like, oh my goodness, I don't want to come. And we expect that moment because we see that happen in many places and that's okay if that's happening. But let me tell you something, because he's your father and you are his son, what he builds in you, what he puts inside you is already there and he just picks you up and says, hey son, it's time, it's time, it's time. And the Holy Spirit leads us into the throne of God where we receive the anointing from our heavenly father for what he has called us to be. Don't ever reduce the presence of God because you didn't feel something that you used to feel before. Because the evidence of the presence of God is not in your feelings because your feelings change all the time. The evidence of the presence of God is not in how 
you feel in the morning or feel in the night the evidence of the presence of god is not determined by the mood the evidence of the presence of god is inside the faith that you carry because if you can feel god then you don't need faith to activate what god has called you to become we will all just live with feelings we will all just live with feelings so don't reduce the presence of God to one sensational moment. So pastor, the, 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 um, the encounter I had with God, I did have a wow moment, I did have a sensational moment, but is that wrong? Is that a lie? No, it's not a lie. God can f to physically touch you. But just don't keep looking for that alone because the evidence of the presence of God is not just in the external moments of your life. Are you all with me? The second reason why we don't feel the presence of God always is because of a hardened heart. A hardened heart. Matthew chapter 13 verse 14 to 15 it says, You will be ever hearing but never understanding you'll be ever seeing but never perceiving for this people's heart has become calloused they hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes jesus is quoting isaiah's prophecy and isaiah was prophesying this over israel and he was just referring and reminding it back to the jews this is the kind of people you were you were hardened heart the number one cause for a hardened heart is repetition of sin. If you have ongoing sin in your life, if you have ongoing disobedience to God, if you have ongoing things that is God is not pleased, but you, are, you keep doing, you keep doing that, and God is keep, you know, constantly calling you into something, but you just keep saying, no God, not now, not now, not now. Uh, I need time, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to settle this, I need to do that. When God says, no honey, no honey, no darling, it doesn't work that way. Not in your time, but in my time. Not in your will, but in my will. Not according to your word, but according to my word. When you keep hardening your heart and you keep allowing disobedience to continue in your life you will not experience the presence of God and that is the reason why many people many people have walked away from God and many Christians have started and this is the sad part have started faking presence of God are you with me if you're with me say amen. amen because you thought presence of God is an external thing because they thought that presence of God is a performance that everybody should see and the moment something within you doesn't doesn't happen because of ongoing stubbornness disobedience and no heart of worship you start faking it. You start doing something that God did not initiate. And that is why I'm asking that question over and over again in your life. And this is something that you need to ask yourself. Do I have the true heart of worship? What sort of worship are we giving to God? 
Is it original or is it a fake one? And nobody knows the difference except the one who made it. That is you. You go to the market, you can buy original Adidas shoes. And the next shop, you can also buy the same exact shoes for a much lesser price. The cost is really, really low. And many people are like, I don't see any difference. Of course you don't see any difference. That is what it's meant to be. You don't, they don't want you to see any difference. But it's given at a low cost. The devil always tempts us. And he not only tempts us with sin, but he also tempts us with your own self-righteousness, which is worse than the sin that you were doing before. Hello, everybody. Everybody's with me? You didn't see that coming, did you? We always think the devil will bring a bottle of beer and tempt me. Ooh, look at it. No, he doesn't need to do that anymore because he knows that you have overcome that sin. He's not going to bring the sins that you have overcome. But as you step into righteousness and he'll bring more verses from the Bible and make you feel extra holy than you already are. And you are blinded by your own righteousness and you start looking down on others because... All of a sudden you think you're much better than everybody else. He quoted a Bible verse to Jesus. When Jesus was tempted, he said, jump for it is written that your angels will come and carry you. This is why, pastor, I don't read the Bible that much. I know. <laughs> You see, only when you read the Bible so much, the devil can use the verse, no. If I don't know any verse, no problem, no. The presence of God is not something that can be duplicated. You see, the devil always tempts us with cheap stuff, with cheap things. And we end up with cheap behavior in our life, with cheap thinking, with cheap mindset. We end up with cheap mentality when you have the one who originally paid for your sin and he paid the highest price which is his own blood. When something that does not match with the cross in your life it's a cheap product that the devil is trying to sell only one person got it and I'm so glad trust me if you are looking for a woman to get married or a man to get married don't look for a rich guy because he might be rich with money but cheap at heart if he doesn't have the blood of Jesus over his life if you're looking to get married don't look for a perfect man or a perfect woman. Look for a good man or a good woman who, f who is after the goodness of God 
at no cost. If you are looking to make decisions in life, whether be it your job, your career, whether be it your future, whether be it money, finances, any of it, put the cross in front of you. And I'm not talking about a literal cross to worship that. No, no, no. I'm talking about a mindset that says what I have is original inside me. The presence of God is original. The blood that came from the cross is original. He paid the highest price for me to walk in freedom and not in bondage. He paid the highest price so that me and my generation and the generation to come will serve the living God. He paid the highest price. So I will not let anything or anybody cheap to come and take that away. It might look valuable in the eyes of the world. But it is cheap when it's against the original. You compare standards not with the person sitting next to you, not with another brother, not with your periapa or periama or some sisters and relatives. Don't compare standards. Always make decisions that is worthy of the cross. And that's your standard. Because what you have experienced and the presence of God that is inside you it's not a duplicate one. It's not a cheap one. It's original. And it was paid with the highest cost, which is the blood of Jesus. The Son of God, the great I Am, who stepped from heaven and came. The blood is applied on you. So don't allow cheap stuff. Everybody put your hand up and say, I'm not cheap. I'm very, very expensive. You just can't get me, devil. I'm too costly for you. Because you are cheap, devil. You cannot earn me. Because I am covered by the precious, most expensive, highly paid blood of Jesus. So you can't touch me because you can't afford it. That's the truth. That's the truth. It's more about the presence. It's not a performance. Presence of God is not a religious duty, but a genuine heart to follow Jesus. The third reason maybe you're not feeling God's presence in your life is because God probably wants to draw you closer to Him. I believe as you declared with me this morning, all the cheap stuff that you have allowed to happen in your life has gone away from your life in Jesus' name. You thought that it was precious, but it's out. The only thing that is precious is the blood of Jesus. And God sometimes allows challenges, pain, trouble, so that He can draw us close to Him. Acts 17 verse 27, it says, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Does this mean that God is playing hide and seek with us? No, it's not. Even though he's not far away from you, 
he allows you to search him because he just like hearing your voice and we don't get that sometimes like i am praying so much and i'm just not hearing anything and i do this as a father with zion like you know daddy daddy and i just love it when she calls me that way and the more and more i keep quiet and sometimes i even hide the louder and louder her voice becomes and then she goes oh, where is daddy where is daddy i thought he was where is daddy and and it is that cuteness that i jump and get i am here If me as an earthly father desires so much for my daughter to seek me and there is that, that, that love through that where, you know, I know one day she's not going to be calling me like that. I know one day the girl who used to call me, Daddy, Daddy, yeah, Dad, can you knock before you walk into my room? Can I have some privacy, please? I think I need my own Wi-Fi. because you're hacking into my system which i will <laughs> so shant help me with it it guy and and we don't you know enjoy that time fathers they don't enjoy that time when the little girl who used to be such a little baby and now all grown up and talking for and 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 we don't enjoy the time but then we also understand and realize that that, that there is some level of confidence and coming through growth but as you are growing spiritually god does not leave you but he takes a step back for you to move in confidence not in feeling but in faith not in oh i feel good this morning because i feel the presence of god but i have faith whether i feel it or don't feel it i have faith that my daddy is just around the corner and he's got my back he will never leave me nor forsake me so if you are hungry you automatically want to eat When you're thirsty, you automatically want to drink. When you don't feel God, you should want him more. You should want him more. The band can join with me on stage and I'm going to wrap this up. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 and 14 it says, "You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you." Just because God feels distant doesn't mean God is absent. God allows challenges in our life, troubles in our life, pain in our life in such a way in such a way that he wants us to activate our faith. We don't just walk with feelings. Following God is not walking with feelings, but walking in faith. whether i see him or i don't see him i know that he has promised me to be with me at all times how many of you celebrated christmas last year christmas i did not ask anything else right you go we celebrate christmas how many of you celebrate how many of you had cakes how many of you bought new clothes how many of you said at least happy christmas 
How many of you at least said thank you Jesus that you were born? Okay, I see most hands coming up now. Right. Let me remind you the Christmas promise then. Because if you are ever thinking that is God there, then let me remind you what happened last Christmas when you bought your new clothes and had a great party. And we worship God. But let me remind you again in March this year. Let me remind you from Matthew chapter 1 verse 20 to 23. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. God always does what he has already spoken. He doesn't look and, you know, he doesn't wait for Monday staff meetings, Kenny boy. He doesn't wait for, for conference to happen. He doesn't wait for, hey angels, we need to make up a plan. There's things going on on earth and you, we have no idea how to solve. No, no, there's no such moment in God's mind because what he has already spoken, he will do it. And God is speaking over your life right now. This morning, your life, you will not walk away from this place like you ever came here. And, and the way you will walk out, you will walk out in a way that God has touched you like never before. And I believe this for your life. And, and, and this is the promise that is happening. In verse 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means... Emmanuel means... Emmanuel means... Emmanuel means... So the Christmas clothes that you bought last Christmas means that God is... The biryani that you ate and you celebrated is because... The why are you still asking if you are there, God? You need faith to know that He is there. That's our Christmas promise. Whether you feel Him or you don't feel Him, have faith to believe that God is always with you. Before you present a pitch to your, to your leader, to your team leader, to your CEO or, or to your boss, say a small prayer and go. Say that God, Emmanuel God, you're with me and I'm going to do this. If you have challenging moments in your life, say this prayer. Emmanuel God, I remember that Christmas promise. You are God with me. I have faith. When you feel anxious, terrified, call out to Him. Because He is hearing you. He is drawing close to you. When you don't know what to do, ask Him to guide you. When you're worried about someone you love, Ask him to cast his cares upon them. When you wake up overwhelmed and not knowing what to do, just say this name, Emmanuel, 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 Emmanuel. My God is with me. Jesus, you are with me. 
You are the living God and you are all that I need. Let me tell you folks. Can you all stand with me for a moment as we bring to a close? But I want to I wanna share something that happened to me two Sundays back. You might think, oh, pastor's preaching all about this. He must always be feeling, you know, activated in his faith. There was a moment on the 5th of March. I'm not talking about any March, this March. On Saturday night when I got a call from a very close friend of us, a very close family member, whose friend had just, whose son has just gone out for a swim near Kambara Sampete here in, in Kaveri. Three friends. They actually went to eat. The shop was not open. So they decided to just take a bath. And they went and my friend's son, he just as he was walking, he was pulled into this um, sinking sand, you know, the, the slush. And he got stuck 20 feet deep. Everybody tried. Nobody could save him. In that family, um, my friend's mother, only she is saved. My friend and his brothers, and this is one of his brother's son, they're all Hindus, they're not saved. And I got this call, so I took Ajay with me on Saturday night and, and we went out there, over 150 people searching back and forth for him. Till midnight, no joy, nothing. The fire service came, couldn't find anything. You remember on that Sunday morning I preached the sermon when all hell breaks loose. And I told you that morning, I did not know why I picked that title on a Monday morning of that week. I had no idea this was coming up. A boy who just went away to buy a shawarma told his, you know, just, just going out, we'll be back in half an hour, never came back. Sunday morning, getting ready to preach, sitting at the office, my mother calls, because early morning, they again went back on Sunday morning at 6 a.m. They all went back. The family went back and the fire service went back. They kept looking. They kept looking. They couldn't find exactly. The service is about to begin at 10 o'clock. At 9.45, get a call. We found him and he didn't make it. He's dead. And they sent me pictures of him. That's not the boy I saw. That's not the boy I knew. He was getting trained to be a pilot. There was great hope and great future. He's not a wayward boy. He's not somebody who just likes to roam even. He's a kind of guy who's always focused. The only thing you will find in his room is quotes by Abdul Kalam. And the only thing that I found in his diary is that he was running a blog in Instagram about food and he, he was, you know, rehearsing the lines about food criticism. And that's all there is and, and, and he kept writing about his dream. 
The last time I met him and had a conversation with him was in November when I sat with him at my dad's birthday party and we were just having meal together and, and I asked him, what's, you know, what, what, you're going to be a pilot, you're gonna, going for your training, you got selected, are you excited about it? And he was staying at home for some time because of COVID and they couldn't start the course. So I was asking him, are you really excited? And he was like, yes, I'm excited. What's the first flight that you want to fly? And he's saying, domestic, it has to be Vistara. That's really nice. He was focused. He knew exactly where he was headed. He had a dream. He had a passion. His uncle lives in London. So what's the first international flight you want to fly? He said, I want to fly into Heathrow and go meet my uncle. And I want to watch my landing. He had dream. He had vision. And that Sunday morning when I came up here, I asked God, where are you? Why? I was mad. I was broken. I am a pastor. I do have faith. But I also have emotions. And I had to come up here to preach. When all hell breaks loose. And it is breaking loose. And I wrote. I have that. I have the notes with me. I wrote. On 6th March, I wrote on, on the top, be spirit controlled. I wrote to myself on the top, be spirit controlled. Don't be emotional. Stay calm, Sam. Watch your tone. Because you need faith when all hell breaks loose. And Wednesday, we buried him. Well, they cremated him. I stayed with the entire family. It was done all in, according to Hindu rituals. Many people from our Tamil church, they came, they stayed. Went early in the morning, I stayed with them the whole time. I stayed with them in their pujas. I went to the cremation. I stayed with them during their rituals. I stayed with them when his body was taken inside to be cremated. I just couldn't leave. I stayed with them when the ashes came back as bones. I stayed with them when they were doing rituals and pujas for the bones and the ashes. I don't believe in it. I don't have any spiritual effect on that on my life. But I stayed with them because that's the only thing I could do for them. I had no words to tell them. I had nothing left in me. Hey, I know Bible. I know a lot of verses. I do have faith. But the pain is real. The pain is real. I stayed. I stayed. I stayed. I couldn't leave. I walked with them to River Kaveri as they went to throw the ashes into that. I helped them with the bucket of water that they poured on themselves. I served them, helped them in every way possible. The next day morning, they invited me to come to their house. They had a meal or something and I went there. All three brothers came. They surrounded me. They hugged me and they cried. 
and they said you because I grew up with them they were my neighbors we have watched so many cricket matches together we have eaten together we have played so many games together I've seen Abi as a baby and we were waiting to see him land his first plane and this happened out of nowhere 21 year old boy and the three brothers came they don't believe they even they're not too much into hinduism they're not too much into anything for them they love their mother and their mother is their god and they just have some level of faith that there is a superpower out there who's leading us all and they just all three of them just hugged me and said thank you that you just came to us as a brother because we have never seen a pastor to come and stand with us all day long you didn't come there as a pastor you came as a brother you didn't come there as a christian you came there as a person and for the first time we saw god's love through you every single inch of my body started trembling as they said that because i felt the presence of god coming back into me because it was not about sam being there because for a moment i forgot that me being there is god's presence being with them me being there is not sam being there it's god's love being there and they felt the presence of god not just me don't reduce the presence of god to rituals because there is rituals happening in churches also we might not have idols we might not be doing pujas but if you are too self righteous to step down for somebody who's hurting regardless of who they are and who they are not how will they know the love of god how will they know the love of god this is how god's presence travels and i was so stupid and i did not realize until they hugged me and they told me and i said god forgive me and i was reminded of psalm 16 verse 8 at that moment i know the lord is always with me i will not be shaken and as they hugged me and i told them brothers and i looked at the father and i said anna you will not be shaken this loss will not shake you it will only make you stronger because in my bible it says for the lord is always with you and he is right beside us right now and i told them the only reason i was able to be there is because that is the first and foremost greatest command that my jesus has given me is love your neighbor as you love yourself the reason maybe sometimes we are not feeling the presence of god is because we are not genuinely loving others maybe try to love the broken and you will feel god's presence through them try to serve the one who is far away from god don't walk away from them for you will feel god's love and his presence through them
it is not what they believe in it is who you believe in because who you are is the identity of Jesus whatever that is on the external don't be too focused on that don't be too divided on that love them love them love them if you seek him you will find him i don't know where you are at in your life maybe you have reduced god's presence to one moment maybe you reduced god's presence to a feeling god is there in every single moment of your life even right now you are here because of his presence the choices you made in life is because of your of his presence maybe you are standing there and wondering why is god so far away and asking for a sign you don't need a sign my friend because there cannot be a bigger sign than than the cross there cannot be a bigger sign than the blood of jesus there cannot be a bigger sign than you yourself who's redeemed and washed by the blood of jesus there cannot be a greater sign for me than me myself who was once far from god but now alive in christ jesus and i don't walk because of my righteousness but i walk simply because he is righteous righteousness is not a destination but righteousness is a person the one who is holy and mighty and i fix my eyes on him and as i fix my eyes on him i take my eyes on from everything else and there is no righteousness left in me because of my own effort and the only righteousness that is in me is because the one who is righteous is dwelling inside my life and because he is dwelling inside my life i know i am imperfect but i have a perfect god that's the great sign you have right there whatever that god is leading you towards is what god is actually wanting you to do you might sit there and say you might sit there and think you might walk away from here thinking but nobody else is doing that exactly that's a sign it says in romans chapter 12 verse 2 it says do not follow the patterns of the world because what god has called you to do not everybody will make the same choice if nobody else is doing that and god is calling you to do that maybe that's why god is calling you to do because it is you that he wants it is you that he wants are you going through challenges or are you going through pain whatever that you're going through whatever that you're going through God just want to hear your voice. He just want to hear your voice.